You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus, starting at $3 a month. Get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shout-outs, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to GatorsBreakdown.SupportingCast.FM to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SEC. Bringing you more fall camp preview. Got our Florida Media Day this week. We'll get to hear from offensive line coach slash offensive coordinator Rob Sell, offensive lineman Osiris Torrance, Defensive coordinator and safeties coach Patrick Tony, defensive line coach, co-defensive coordinator Sean Spencer, and defensive lineman Jervon Dexter. So plenty to get into right here with those guys, what they had to say ahead of starting fall camp, ahead of the season, where they're at, where the team is at, scheme, all that stuff. And <laughs> we get to talk about right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. We'll get to hear plenty of those guys and, and what the just on all those aspects going into fall camp, big fall camp under first-year head coach Billy Napier. So hit that like button, hit that subscribe button before we get started right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Those likes, those subscribes really help us out. Hey, look, we're about 500 away from 10,000 subscribers right here on the YouTube channel of Gators Breakdown. So do us a favor, get us to that 10,000 mark before the season starts. It's kind of, there's the benchmark uh, I'm putting on it. Check us out at the home of Gators Breakdown, news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. You'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes there, as well as extended coverage of the Gators from the News for Jack sports team. And check us out, Gators Breakdown Plus as well. You can keep the conversation going on the Discord message board right now. So let's get it started on the offensive side of the ball. We'll get to hear from Rob Sale, offensive line coach and offensive coordinator, and Osiris Torrance about the style of offense we can expect to see from the Gators this fall. We want to be able to dictate our style of play, right? You know, we want to be able to run the ball, play action. We want to be able to be, create t different tempos to put pressure on the defense. We want them to play the width of the field and the length of the field. You know, we can win the ga game in, in many different ways. If we need to throw it, we can throw it. If we need to run it more, run it more. Um, you know, and first year, couple year, first year at UL, you know, we were, Coach Napier was able to, um, probably in my opinion, win games, but probably weren't supposed to be in there by 
slowing the pace of the game, you know. Uh, so, and then we were able to put it all together, play complementary football in all three phases. So, um, that still remains to be seen. Each week is different, right? Your matchups and, and the team's matchups and individual matchups. So, that still remains to be seen. I don't want to say we're going to be run heavy. We're going to definitely run the ball, but there's going to be a lot of debt with like play action and then downfield plays. I feel like, and then like with the staff and like the people we have on the team from like the quarterback to like the backfield to like even the receivers, like, I feel like we can do honestly everything, but like more of run the ball, like run the ball, play action, just across the field type stuff and like setting up things for along down in the game and even along in the season. All right, there you go. You heard it from Osiris Torrance. Not necessarily run heavy, but kind of like I've been saying the last few months, run first, set up the pass, set up some big passing plays, but also, look, they're not going to give everything away here in these press conferences and what they're working on uh, with this offense in fall camp. Now, of course, you, you can always say coaches don't change. They always have their system, but some do adapt. We saw it with Dan Mullen uh, a bit, 18, 19, more of the offense that we knew, knew him of until – Kyle Trask comes in, opens it up a bit more in 19, but then 2020 with the weapons he had, opens up the offense, shows something that he's never really shown before in being able to be this, you know, air attack. Uh, but a lot of that was necessity. You had the talent to do that, but also couldn't really run the ball uh, all too well. So look, there's things that always can surprise you. We always go back and look at what Billy Napier was able to do at Louisiana, and he ran the ball really well there. That was his point of attack. That was his plan of attack there at Louisiana, but will that be the same at Florida? You do have an experienced offensive line. You do have a deep stable of running backs. So I do think that's, that is going to be a huge part of the offense. But I also, and you've heard me say this, and I really believe it, he, he has a quarterback like Anthony Richardson like he has not had before. The arm talent, being able to chuck the ball down the field, being able to zing the ball down there, a lot of timing. Ball placement, I think, could be a bit better. Anthony Richardson, is, it's not um, – a shot at Levi Lewis to sit here and say the potential of Anthony Richardson is higher than Levi Lewis. And that will allow Billy Napier to open up the offense. Now he has to live up to that potential and he has to go out there and show that if Florida needs to throw the ball 40 times a game to go win a game that he has that capability to do so. And I think the staff needs to be able to show that ability as well, but they're only going to show that ability if Anthony Richardson at quarterback can do that. So uh, I think he will give that ability. I'm a big believer in Anthony Richardson. I'm a big believer that Billy Napier knows what he has right there. And this offense will open up uh, a bit more. But we do know this offense historically has been a run first, and it still will be, I think, to a point. But it will open up. Yeah, I think it will open up to uh, what they both said there. They will be able to adapt. It, and that's my thing about this offense is what I hope to see. Be able to do what you want to do and need to do. If you need to be able to run the ball – or if you need to run the ball, you need to be able to. If you need to pass the ball, you need to be able to. And I do think with what Florida has at quarterback, I think they can do that. I do think what Florida has at running back and offensive line, they can do that. Now, is it going to be perfect each and every game? No, it, it, it's not. But I do think more times than not, Florida's going to be able to be pretty versatile on the offense. So, all right, let's take a look even more from offensive lineman Osiris Torrance. For me, my, most of my game, I, I prided myself a lot on my technique. Like, I was always bigger and like stronger than a lot of people my age, so like I just felt like I needed something else. Like I, feel, I knew that I knew that one would get me through, like to get the best I needed to be when I get to the next level, and like even when I get to the NFL. So I just prided myself on technique and just being sound with it. And I, 
told myself that if my technique perfect, I can't. It'd be hard for me to lose like a rep in general. Just like run my pass, and it just kind of helped me out. So I mean, my technique is like to me like one of my most important parts of my game, and it's just come from like just film study on myself more than just like other people. Like I watch myself and like see what I mess up on or see what I not like. Like I may take a step that I feel like could be longer or it shouldn't be as long or like get my feet down and my hand placement, stuff like that. Like I like to watch film myself to help myself get better in the areas I know I need to work on. Self-evaluation. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that, yes sir. How's it going? Good. What do you think of the schedule you have here? Are you going from uh, playing the Sun Belt to playing the SEC, plus Utah, Florida State, mm -hmm. a lot to take in? Uh, uh, it's, it's exciting for me because I feel like it's much different from what I'm used to because what I'm used to at Louisiana, it was it was like two, three games where we know there were big games. Like last year was first, it was Texas, and I knew that that, that game was going to get the most looks. So it was a lot of pressure for me to play good in that game for us here. It's like every week is a big opportunity so like it's like less pressure for me so I know I can not ruin more room to mess up but like every week is a new challenge to like prove I can like play and be here so it's like I'm just ready for that challenge to take on and just like show everybody what I can do. I'm a big fan right there of what Osiris Torrance had to say and he admits there is a step up in competition and I love that he wants to prove himself versus the best out there. He, he hasn't given up a sack in his career. At Louisiana. Now, of course, this is a step up in competition, but that is an astronomical stat, no matter where you're playing college football. And you know, he was recruited to be that type of lineman for at Louisiana. Now there is a step up in competition when you come to the SEC. But he comes in through his career, hasn't given up a sack, was an instant impact offensive lineman, exceeded every bit of the expectation there at Louisiana. So bringing in plenty of experience, as you heard, plenty of technique that he's working on, self-evaluating. And he's bringing that experience and that technique to the best conference in college football. All the accolades are coming his way, and even more will come if he can prove. He can go out there and do it, prove himself versus the likes of Utah, Kentucky, LSU, Georgia, Texas A&M. He goes out there and dominates those fronts like we have seen him do and like he's already getting accolades for doing. A lot of people project him to be able to do that. He's on these preseason watch lists. He's won preseason, you know, not won, but on these preseason award lists, these watch lists, preseason All-American because of what he's done so far. And they predict him to do it again at the SEC level. Now, we have to see it. If he's going to do those same things, like many project against those teams, then him and Florida will benefit greatly. Him, because you do it against the SEC, and he's already projected first, second, third round. You go out there and do it in the SEC, then probably more than likely a lot more first-round grades start coming in. And I love the confidence that he has coming, wanting to prove himself versus the best. And Florida's getting a good one here. Florida needed a good one. Florida went and got him. Starts right away. Now we get to see if he can do it on the big stage. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here game one if he gives up a sack versus Utah and say, oh, Lord, okay, there we go. Yep, see, you can see that coming because of step up in competition. Not necessarily. Will he give up a sack at some point this year? Probably. But overall, I expect big things for Cyrus Torrance and bleeding over into the rest of the offensive line. One more offensive lineman that was kind of featured there on Florida Media Day was the praise 
for right tackle Michael Tarquin from offensive line coach Rob Sell. I got three young pups that are in here, and I kind of throw it back on them sometimes. Hey, name a player that you think does it the right way. And Michael Tarquin's the first one that comes comes into mind. Um, man, you're just talking about a guy that approaches everything the right way. It doesn't matter if it's film study, prehab, rehab, um, how you take the field and practice. It's everything's 110%, you know, and um, I'm very pleased with Michael. You know, obviously we'll um, expecting big things from him this year, but he's going to answer the bell. He's a stud when it comes to uh, his attitude and his daily approach that how he does everything. You know, sometimes um, just kind of crack jokes with him a little bit to see the other side because he's so so straight lace. Um, but hey, I'll take 20 of Michael Tarquin's every day, all day. But right tackle, of course, was the about the only question we had as far as the starting group of offensive linemen. Depth's always been a concern. Depth's, we'll have to wait to see how that one plays out. But right tackle was about the only question as far as those starters go. And it still may be to us, but right now it's only in the fashion of how will Michael Tarquin handle it. I mean, he is the right tackle. He is going to be the starting right tackle as long as he stays healthy through fall camp. I mean, he is the guy. There now, played in 12 games last season, went through spring practice as pretty much the starting right tackle, and it kind of surprised us all that he was the guy at right tackle instead of Josh Braun, who looks to be you know, sticking inside behind Torrance as his primary role. So you can go back and listen to those comments and how players gravitate towards Tarquin. You can hear the coaching staff's confidence in him a bit. There's a lot of confidence in talking from the staff and from the players on the team. So hopefully that's one more sign because I, I, I'm I'm pretty bullish on this off Florida offensive line. These first, these starting five and maybe six as well going to to Braun and let him fill in at times that he needs to at the guard spot. Maybe right tackle too if he has to. But it's look. I know this is talking season. We're going to hear a lot of positive and good stuff. But the specific examples of the players pointing out a specific player like Michael Tarquin, a player we haven't heard a whole lot from, you hope that's a great sign for this offensive line. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so there's much more on the other side of the ball, on defense, with everybody we got to talk to at Florida Media Day earlier this week. We'll start with defensive coordinator Patrick Tony as we move to the defense, as he starts with Trey Dean's role in this defense, as well as a philosophy on third down, and a true freshman corner making a name for himself already. You know, the big thing we talk about at the safety uh, position specifically, since that's my group, is not only do we want to be the most gifted players on the field, we want to be the most skilled players on the field, right? And that means 
we have a mental checklist when we line up. You know, we're scanning the formation. We're seeing the down and distance. We're knowing exact alignments. We're knowing our assignment. And we're seeing a specific key to get our job done. And I think that translates to what you asked with Trey. I think Trey's done a really good job on focusing those on those areas of his game, the details of becoming the most skilled player on the field. And I think you'll see that translate in the season. How would you describe your philosophy on third down defense? Yeah, get off the field. <laughs> no, you know, third down is so interesting. You know, analytics have taken over the game in college, and you're seeing it go to the NFL as well. Uh, but philosophically, you know, we want to contest every route, you know what I mean? And then we want to make it hard for the quarterback. We want to affect the quarterback. He's obviously the guy with the hardest job. He's got to deliver it on third down. So, you know, how can we contest him, make him throw in tight windows? And then with that being said, how can we affect the quarterback directly and get the ball out of his hand, hopefully not in rhythm? Um, and, you know, the other thing we have to do a good job of is anticipating four down territory in today's game. And in all those aspects, you know, when is it really third down and when is it four downs? You know, and that's a big part of the game today. But philosophically, you know, we want to play close and tight to the receivers. Uh, don't want to let them have free access. And then we want to affect the quarterback with our rush or pressure. There's a lot of competition in the secondary for you know, corner spots and, and nickel spots. How do you see that playing out in, in fall camp and just some of the guys there that have kind of been what they've shown you so far? Yeah, I think we have good depth, and I think we have a lot of guys uh, eager to develop their role on the team, whether they've been here for a while or they're young players. Um, you know, I think you know, we're going to play a brand of defense where we utilize the secondary quite a bit. Um, so you'll see five defensive backs on the field a good amount for us on some situations, six. Um, so, you know, we're going to find roles, and we're going to put them in the position they're most capable of playing. Uh, so you may see guys that, that are featured in certain packages, and you may see every down starters. Um, and a lot of that will be seen here in the coming weeks, you know, as we jockey for playing time and really compete on the field. But excited about the guys we have to work with. I know Coach Raymond and myself are very excited. Uh, on the same note with the younger players, uh, Ventrell said at media days that Devin Moore is actually going to be a problem pretty soon. Mm -hmm. What have you seen from him as well as the two others that you had early enroll back in January and have got to spend the entire offseason with the team? Yeah, Devin, um, you know, Devin's the first recruit I talked to when I took this job. Uh, he has done a really good job, man. He's he's extremely mature for his age. Uh, he's smart. He picks it up fast. Very athletic. Has great length. Um, and you know he's just done a tremendous job in spring football, and then continued that throughout the summer program. Um, so I do think you know Ventrell uh, was right. I think he will will play a factor in our secondary for sure. Been very excited working with him. He's great to work with. You know, and and those other freshmen that enrolled early, same as you know, very smart, very mature, eager to learn. Uh, great work ethic, you know, and then, you know, just got to go out and prove it here in fall camp and, uh, you know, compete for playing time. A lot to take in right there from defensive coordinator Patrick Tony, And going back to Trey Dean, everybody gets a pass from me on this defense. Everybody. It's not the first time I've said that, but I'll, I'll stress it again after you know, what he said about Trey Dean. And I know a lot of people out there will probably roll their eyes at, at some of these players and probably Trey Dean's one of those. But to me, everybody gets a pass. That includes Dean. That includes Bernie, Brenton Cox, Travez Johnson, guys who have played a lot of football for Florida the last couple of years. But you're still kind of waiting on more. To me, no matter the experience level, no matter if you're a fifth-year, in Ventral Miller's case, you know, sixth-year senior. Uh, but experience level, it doesn't matter. To me, everyone gets a fresh start. For me, after, after the, the failure we saw from the last staff, we know the issues there. I believe much of that will be resolved simply by a new approach on defense. Now, if these players continue to struggle, guess what? 
we may already have a glance that this staff's going to play young guys if they earn that right. Mentioned it last episode on Gators Breakdown, but going over it more, I've heard over and over again the last couple of weeks about cornerback Devin Moore, true freshman cornerback Devin Moore, and I've heard so much over the last couple of weeks of how he's making moves on and off the field to put himself in position for some early playing time. And on Wednesday, that first 15-minute open portion of practice to the media, we did get to see Moore was lining up opposite Jason Marshall for that cornerback two spot. Starting role already. Now, all we can do is take away from what we saw in that 15-minute open portion, but pairing that with everything I have heard the last couple of weeks might be a sign right there. You heard Tony say they'll be playing a lot of DBs at time, and Moore will certainly be in that mix. But he comes in as one of the fastest players, if not the fastest player on the team, and already showing he can use that speed to push for some early playing time and maybe even push for a starting role. Now, I'm not saying he's getting that starting spot, but do not be surprised if he does. Just tying everything together from practice in the last couple of weeks Kind of backs it all up. I mean, you want early signs that this defense or this team will be different if a player isn't working out or that a younger player will get time if he if he is performing. Look no further right now than Devin Moore. And one more, the music to our ears, the third down defense, Patrick Tony goes into detail about what have we been screaming about the last two, three years? Tight coverage by the defensive backs affecting the quarterback on third down. And Florida would do a good job sometimes at affecting the quarterback on third down, but the DBs were so far off. It didn't make a difference. It was still easy pitch and catch third downs were a disaster because of not being aggressive enough on the back end. And it was just, yeah, you might get to the, you might almost sack that quarterback. You may put the pressure on his face, but it was so easy for him just to whoop, throw it for those three, four yards because it might be third and three, but for whatever reason, these DBs are playing five, six yards off. He mentions, of course, sometimes it calls for it, but not. We saw it way too much. And these offenses took way too much advantage of it. If we saw it, you know they saw it. Third down, way too easy. And then I do like the part also bringing up, because there were times Florida did well on third down, only to give up the very next play fourth down. So I do like mentioning, hey, look, you asked about third down, but I'm going to bring this up unsolicited as a defensive coordinator. Third down is a lot in relation to fourth down as well. Yeah, you might get that third down stop, but what, what, what position of the field are, is that offense in? Are they going to go for it on fourth? So can you continue? Can you make a bigger play on third down where they won't go for it on fourth? Or if it's third and three and you give up two yards, okay, was that really a success? depending on where you're at in the field, if you set up a fourth and one. So there's a lot of aspects, a lot of angles to third down defense besides just stopping and getting off the field. It's making a play on third down. If the offense is in somewhat positive field position to where you make a big enough play to you knock it out of them, you knock that chance of them going for it on fourth down. I like Tony bringing that up there. I like that. Uh, so let's keep it going right here from uh, the coaching staff. Defensive line coach Sean Spencer gives us a rundown 
all along the defensive line. I think what you have to do is be consistent, right? If you're consistent with what you're teaching, uh, they believe they believe that you believe in what you're what you're uh, professing to them. I think he's a student of the game. He's constantly in my office trying to perfect his craft. Um, some one time I asked him, could I could I borrow my office so you could get out of there one one or two times? But but in terms of assimilating the, the uh, techniques from the NFL, I mean it's stuff that I did. Uh, back dating back to Trinity College, you know, and just as it grows, you know, you just get better football players. And um, I'm very consistent, and we are very consistent with what we're teaching them. Uh, what What are your expectations? I, I know you guys don't like singling out guys typically, yeah. but of, of Tyreek Sapp. Well, he had a he had a heck of a spring, right? He had a heck of a spring. Just a just an unbelievable football player. Great energy, work ethic. Always, he's he's a guy that I use as the example a lot of times in the meetings to show him how we want to practice. Um, you know, he's got a great skill set. You know, a powerful kid. Um, we're excited about him. You know, no one wrote, rises to low expectations, so the expectation is set for him, right? So um, for him to be one of those ascending players, but obviously we keep it grounded with that. You know, we're not gonna you know you. Use that every day. I want them to be consistent, just like I'm going to be in teaching. Hey, Sean. Uh, Javon said that he, two guys that he expected to really make a jump this year were Jalen Lee and Prince Lee Uman Milan. Um, what do you think about those two guys that, that you've seen from them yourself that, that you feel like they can make a jump? First of all, you did a great job with his last name. So a lot, a lot of times I just say Prince Lee. You know, Prince Lee Uman Milan. Exactly, exactly. Well, both of those guys had really good springs, right? And um, you know, obviously. Um, Princely played a lot of football last year. Jalen, not as much, but he did play some. He had a rotational uh, role there. Um, so, same thing with everybody else. We expect them to ascend from what they were prior, where they were prior. So, prior to that, in the spring, they had a level. I wanted to go up a notch. I'm excited about both guys. I think Jalen Lee is a is a, uh, a technician. He's like like Sap. He's on the tape all the time as the example of how to do things. You know, the thing is, he's not as big as those guys. He's not as big as Big G or Dez, right? So, um, so he has to be exact in his technique, and he works on that. And I think Prince Lee is really a guy who's not even reaching the ceiling and where he can go. And you mentioned Big Dez. Uh, where is he at in his weight and, and also just his ability that you guys feel like to contribute on a consistent yeah. basis? Yeah, well, he's working at it. You know, I mean, he's very, um, very persistent in what he's, you know, in getting himself in, in playing shape. And that's kind of all we were consider, uh, concerned about. We just want him to be in great playing shape. And he's working at it real hard. And we're excited to see him here in a few hours. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So there's a rundown of those players Sean Spencer giving us a pretty good look at some of the names that we'll be looking for this fall. But something I just kind of wanted to look at then, you know, why the question comes up of inexperience and can these guys show up? Jervon Dexter has 70 tackles to his name the last two seasons, his true freshman season in 2020, last year in 2021, his sophomore year. So you start looking at the other names and when we start looking at unproven and we start looking at lack of production, that's because of what it is. Now, I mean, it won't be there, but guys, look at this. Sap, zero tackles in his career. 
Of course, how long they've been a part of the team plays into this a bit, but this, this is where the inexperienced part comes in. Sapp, zero. Humphreys, zero tackles. Boone, three. Watson, seven. Lee, 11. Princely, 21. 42 total tackles there between Sapp, Humphreys, Boone, Watson, Lee, Princely. 42 total tackles. And Yuma Millen, or Yuma Millen, has half of those. So when it is said that there's unproven, hardly any production, that's what it looks like. Dexter, 70 tackles, and the rest of those defensive line players, 42. So now you add into the mix true freshman Chris McClellan, Jamari Lyons, put those guys into the mix with not too long uh, when I was putting record on this, we get the news that Christopher Thomas Defensive tackle is back on the team after looking like he was not going to be part of this team. So you add him to the mix as well, but that's another no stat. There you go. I mean, it's not to be a negative or a precursor to what happens. I'm pretty high on those defensive ends, Princely, Sapp, and Boone. I think those guys are a force, and you can go back and listen to Justice Boone, an interview from him last week if you want even more uh, outlook on him and this defensive line group. But it just goes to show those stats right there, while we say it's Jervon Dexter and a bunch of unproven players, it's not meant to be a slight. It's just the reality of the situation going in. Doesn't mean it has to end up that way. Like I said, I'm, a, I'm pretty high on, on those defensive ends. Pretty high on those guys as a group. Right, so here we go. We'll keep the conversation going with Jervon Dexter. He's next up on his accolades and where he fits in to this new look defense. Yeah, I try to ignore it. I mean, like um, a lot of a lot of that stuff is I, I've seen guys who was on that on some of that stuff and it, it never came true. So I kind of really like to like to stick to to what's now and my goal now. Um, as far as like a like like a team goals, I'm not I uh, really haven't too much looking into like the individual stuff uh, just yet. Um, I'll do that after the season. So, um, yeah, I haven't really too much. I mean, like you said, if my name's on it, it's a big blessing for somebody to be um, looking at me, but it ain't, uh, I haven't too much really been looking to, into it. Um, with that in mind, when you see stuff like that, how, did, how does that affect your work ethic, work ethic this off season? What are some of the things that you try to work on with your game? Um, like I said, I didn't really too much uh, look into it, so I was already on go uh, this uh, off season, so it wasn't that didn't affect me going harder or anything. I was already going hard, so yeah. Matt Baker, hey Javon, what do you think are kind of the one or two biggest differences or changes that the average fan is going to see with this team compared to last year? Um, like I said, discipline, a huge, huge discipline uh, difference, and then um, just you'll see a family out there. Um, it won't be an individual um, this or that. It'll be, like I say, all the guys going the same way. So that'll be the biggest thing you'll see out there. Uh, hey, Jermon. I know you had moved around the defensive line quite a bit to start your career. Is there a role that you're kind of settling into within this new scheme? Um, yeah, I'll be playing like the, the uh, end um, in this uh, defense. And, um, and like I said, whatever, I'm a, I'm a big uh, – team player guy so if, if it's a time where uh the coach PT needs me at tackle or at nose uh, I'll be there as well so 
Um, I think a, a guy like me, I feel like I can play the whole front um, almost. So it is no role, really. I just wherever they need me, that's where I'll be at. And I know Coach Napier's kind of highlighted that there's some inexperience across the front. What have you seen from some of the young guys that are kind of having to step up into these big roles? Um, I think I think they're growing up pretty fast. Um, like you said, unfortunately, it's, um, they're inexperienced, but they're growing up, and you're only inexperienced till you, till you get out there. So I think you know, once they get out there and we get out there and uh, get ready to go, they'll be ready for sure. So extending that conversation of Jervon Dexter being a quote-unquote defensive end, he did come out and, and tweet, hey, look, a 3-4 defensive end is a lot like a defensive tackle. And, you know, he's not fabricating anything right there. And when you look at it, look, yeah, it's not your traditional defensive end where you're playing outside the tackle a whole lot. Would Dexter do that some? Yes. But mostly he's lined up on the outside shoulder of the guard when you look at where – if you go back and look at the spring game, if you want to use that as an example, that's where he was at. Watson was in the middle. So that's kind of where, you know, you get your separation of a – 3-4 defensive tackle and a 3-4 defensive end. Still going to play closer to the, you know, the guarded, not the tackle. You got your stand-up guys, Cox, Powell, Summerall, to stand up and be that edge rusher. But Patrick Tony went on to say this about Jervon Dexter. I think he's a real flexible player. I know he has played a lot of nose here in the past. He has played some end. I think the biggest thing he brings is length, obviously at that position, and that's why you want to put him out there because his length will match up well with tackles in this league. His overall versatility, his basketball background, his athleticism that, that lends to help him across the front. You'll see him play in a variety of techniques and positions throughout the course of the year. I think he's done a real good job of embracing that role, and then the thing I respect about him is he spends a lot of extra time. Every great player I've been around has spent a lot of extra time in the film room trying to match their craft on the field, and that's what he's done a really good job of. Spencer has said the same thing about Dexter, living in the film room. He has to kick him out of his office. There's a lot to like about Jervon Dexter's approach here. And look, he wants this to be his money year. He mentioned having a kid and wanting to support that kid. And this is, either way, you know, this junior year was going to be big for, for, for Dexter. A lot of playing time, five-star status, five-star recruit coming in. Has he lived up to that five-star status yet? Mm, probably not, but this is the chance he can do so. He was thrusted out there, thrusted out onto the field in 2020, probably before he was ready. Probably really shouldn't be playing true defensive tackle a whole lot, but he had to because of Florida's lack of recruiting at that area. He probably should have been more of a strong side defensive end. He can float back and forth a bit, of course certain down-distance situations. But he was relied to be a true defensive tackle way too much. And now, in this offense, maybe he won't have to be. Of course, that means other guys have to step up at that defensive tackle position so he can stay out there at defensive end. But it's a money year. Time to put it all together for, for, for Dexter. He's right on that cusp. I mean, he's teetering on it. Ready to see him go out there and just dominate like many are predicting him doing so. But that's going to be dependent on getting some help there as well. If offensive lines can come out there and game plan for Dexter and double team him and triple team him at times, chip him away, you know, we'll have to see how he reacts to that, how dominant of a player he can be when he is going to be the focus of an offensive game plan. But all the tools are there. 
You know, he was a five-star recruit coming in with not a lot of football experience. You heard Tony mention that he has that basketball background. He got into football late. That size, that athleticism, that speed, that's what everybody's kind of looking at and why they're projecting that big year from Dexter. So I know it kind of caught some people off guard a little bit with the whole him saying he's playing defensive end, but in this defense, not that big of an issue. But we will have to see how much he maybe has to line up closer to the center instead of the guard tackle. Something to look out for. But if you go back and watch the spring game, you could tell pretty much early on, a lot of the time he was on the outside shoulder of the right guard. So we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes from there. But all right, there's a good look. Some more storylines as fall camp gets going for the Gators. Practice is underway. Not a whole lot of notes out there. Uh, good thing, uh, Ricky Pearsall, I know a lot of highlights out there of him. He was a big focus out there, wide receiver position. Came up limping a little bit on the, like the last rep of the open portion. We all heard he was back out there practicing after that. So tiny, tiny, quick injury scare. Uh, and the Gators come out on the right side of that as Ricky Pearsall uh, was still out there catching passes. And you can tell he, he brings a lot of speed. It's hard to take away a whole lot from these very limited portions of practice, but we could definitely tell his speed on display there. Anthony Richardson looking like where he picked up where he left off in the spring game, timing, ball placement, accuracy, however you want to label all that, looking right, looking really good in, in the early portions of practice. So, of course, we'll get a lot, hopefully get a lot more as the pads come on in the coming, you know, coming days. Um, that's where we'll be able to tell a little more of the physicality part <laughs> of this football team. Uh, tackling has been a big, big point of interest with this team, as we know. And a lot about angles, a lot about learning how to tackle, not just go hit. Learning how to finish plays. Go back and you can listen to more of uh, Patrick Tony uh, about that. Uh, he, he speaks more on that, but that's kind of the basis of it right there. But spring practice underway for the Gators. We'll be here covering covering it all right here on Gators Breakdown. That'll do it for this episode. Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.